Good morning. Please pray with me. O Lord, your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light for our path. So by your spirit, light our way as we read your word. Give us eyes to see all that you want us to see. Give us ears to hear all that you want us to hear. And give us hearts that might be opened and transformed at the reading of your holy word. In your son's precious name we pray. And all of God's people said, Amen. The Old Testament reading this morning is Psalm 103, verses 1 through 5, page 637 in your Pew Bibles. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquity? who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. Good morning. Before I even enter the sermon, I do want to express my appreciation to First Pres for the fact that they allow me to continue to use my gifts and callings in service to this body, uh, in service to my home church. I am so appreciative of the confidence that they uh, allow me to do this with. So thank you all very much, First Pres. I appreciate that. I appreciate Howard and Murray allowing me to continue to do what I love to do. That being said, on a different note, I have to confess something that drives me crazy every single time. There's this TV preacher who opens every single sermon with a funny story. More often than not, the funny story has nothing to do with the sermon. And if you've ever, I have no problem with laughing in church and funny stories. If you have ever heard me preach more than once or twice, you know that eventually, we're going to laugh. I totally agree with C.S. Lewis when C.S. Lewis says joy is the serious business of heaven. As a matter of fact, I'm so glad that I get to be a part of an organization now like Young Life that values laughter in the delivering of the gospel message. So it's not about the laughing that bothers me because honestly, I wish I could start every sermon with a funny story. But let's be honest. We don't always feel like laughing. Our world is hurt and bruised and broken and in need of healing in so many ways. If you don't believe me, consider the following. Just recently there was a school shooting in Kentucky. Two dead. 18 injured. Or let's bring it more locally. There was an armed bank robbery less than a mile away from Caprock High School, the high school where I serve and where my son attends. The armed robber escaped capture and could have easily tried to take refuge at the school and caused much, much devastation. We live in a world that is under the curse of sin, and that's not funny. One of the ways sins affects our world is through sickness. It's flu season, and if you've watched the news, 
You've seen entire school districts close to try to sanitize everything because so many people have been affected by the flu. There have been deaths affecting the very young and the elderly. Or consider this true story. There's a young couple. They've been married four years. They have two young boys who are the light of their life, a two-year-old and a six-month-old. And one day, out of nowhere, the six-month-old suffers a seizure. Mom and dad grab their child up and rush to the hospital. As seizures continue on the road to the hospital. Seizures while they're waiting test results. And when the test results finally do come back, the diagnosis isn't good. Sir, ma'am, your son is an epileptic. And there's nothing we can do about it. Get ready because this will affect him for the entirety of his life. He'll never be able to speak properly. Can you imagine never being able to hear your child say, I love you? His mind will be affected. He will always be mentally slow and need special education services. There will never be any hope of him leaving your home. He will need your constant care his entire life. They go home with anti-seizure medication to try to uh, uh, control the issue. But they realize that it's kind of hit or miss with determining the the dosage. Give him too much and the child is unresponsive. Give him too little and the seizures come back with a vengeance. They've spent six months, the child's now a year old, they've spent six months trying to get the dosage right. And mom and dad are tired. What do you tell them? How do you offer them hope and healing in this hurting world? There's a story about Jesus in the book of Mark. Mark chapter 1, verses 29 to 39 that I think offers us a little bit of direction in this situation. But before we do that, let us pray. Lord, thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness. And our prayer is that today, as your message is delivered, that we would leave here knowing that you are our hope for healing in a broken world. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Mark chapter 1, verse 29 says this. And immediately he left the synagogue and entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. We get one verse into the passage. And already I feel hope rising. I know what you're saying. You're saying, Orlando, I don't get it. He hasn't done anything. Jesus, all all he's done at this point is he's left the synagogue to go to Simon, also known as Peter, to go to Simon and Andrew's house. That's all he's done. I know. And for me, that's the greatest news I've heard this morning. Because guess what? 
Guess where the hurt and broken and sick are? They're not in the synagogue. There were rules and regulations about who could be in the synagogue. And if you were maimed or had certain illnesses, guess what? You could not come in. If you were considered unclean for any reason, you were not welcome in the synagogue. The hurt and sick are not in the synagogue. They're in the community. Now, Jesus could have stayed in the synagogue and his job would have been easy in the synagogue. No need to heal anybody in the synagogue. But that's not where Jesus stays. That's not what Jesus does. He gives us a living example of what missional living looks like. Here at First Presbyterian Church, one of the things that we value is that idea of missional living, that idea that we don't just stay inside the four walls of the church, but we take the message of hope and healing, the message of the gospel, outside these four walls into the community, and Jesus shows us exactly what that looks like. The hope for me, the hope for you, the hope for the sick and the hurting, the hope for this sweet little family with an epileptic baby is that Jesus didn't just leave the synagogue. He left his throne in heaven. And as Eugene Peterson writes in the message, John 1, 14, he became flesh and blood and moved into our neighborhood. God is not a far-off God who sees your hurt and your pain and your sickness from a distance. He is the God, He is the Word that became flesh and blood and moved right next door to you. I remember years ago the the Bette Midler song, From a Distance. You remember that song? Or am I just really old? Some of the kids are like, yeah, you're just really old. Or like that. But the words to the song talked about, from a distance, God is watching us. You know what? If that were the case, if God, our hope for healing in a hurting world, were watching us from a distance, there'd be no point in preaching this sermon. But that's not what he does. Jesus is God. He is the God who left the synagogue to go to the home of the hurting and the sick. He is the God who left heaven to meet you right where you are. And that's great news. We can pick up our story back up at Mark chapter 1 verse 30. Now Simon's mother-in-law lay ill with a fever and immediately they told him about her. And he came and he took her by the hand and he lifted her up and the fever left her. And she began to serve them. That evening at sundown they brought to him all who were sick or oppressed by demons and the whole city was gathered together at the door And he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. 
Even more good news in our hurt, bruised, broken, sick world is the fact that the Jesus that we proclaim as the one we follow, it did not just leave heaven to come down, did not just leave the synagogue to go into the community. The hope for those that are hurt and broken and bruised and sick is the fact that Jesus is our healer. I love that Old Testament passage that Gary read this morning. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. And then it says, he is the one who what? Heals all your diseases. Let me tell you something. I believe that Jesus is our healer. A thousand times, yes, Jesus is our healer. I understand Not everyone gets healed. Why? I don't know. That is a question above my pay grade. But what I do know is that God is sovereign. And he can heal anyone that he chooses to heal. As a matter of fact, our story about that sweet little family doesn't end with the news of epilepsy. These beautiful parents... In the midst of their hurt and in the midst of their child's sickness, called their pastors and said, we're tired, we can't do this. Will you come pray? Those pastors came and laid hands on that little boy and they prayed. All four of them, believing that this Jesus who left his throne in heaven could still do the work of healing in their baby's little body. The result, from that day forward, that little baby boy never took anti-seizure medicine again. And from that day forward, that little boy never suffered another seizure Why? Because Jesus has the power to heal. I want you to understand that this story about this sweet little family isn't some urban legend. It isn't some story that somebody told somebody that told somebody that I found on the internet. It's a true story, and I know that it's true. Because that beautiful, godly couple was my mom and dad. And that epileptic little boy was me. And now the one that they said would never be able to speak gets to stand before people on a regular basis and share the hope of Jesus Christ. That little boy that they said would have special ed his entire life did have special ed in high school, but only because gifted and talented classes were considered special ed. But Jesus' power to heal isn't limited to his power to heal the physical body. One of the things that I, one of the things that I do, at any chance that I get to give a benediction, 95% of the time, the benediction is the same benediction that I give every time I get to stand before you. It happens to come from the book of Philippians, Philippians chapter 4, verse 7. And it says this, 
The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts. His ability to heal isn't limited to our physical body, but it is a holistic healing. He is going to guard our hearts. That is emotional wholeness. And guard your minds. That is mental wholeness in Christ Jesus. His ability to heal is physical, is mental, is emotional, and it is spiritual also. We see in our story that Jesus goes about and casts out demons from those who are possessed and delivers those who are living under the oppression of the enemy. Our God is a God who heals the entirety of man. Our hope is that Christ's healing power is for the whole of mankind, mentally, physically, spiritually, and emotionally. I know because I lived it, but I don't believe it just because I lived it. I believe it because I know I serve a very, very big God. And I can join together with the psalmist and say, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. He is the one who heals all your diseases. Let's finish out our story by turning back to Mark chapter 1, verse 35. Verse 35 starts and says, And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went to a desolate place, and there he what? Prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him, and they found him and said to him, Everyone is looking for you. And he said to them, Let us go into the next towns, that I might preach there also, for that is why I came out. And he went through all Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. I think there's a great principle here when it comes to our hurting and sick world. Jesus takes some time and separates him for some mom- himself for some moments of solitude where he can focus on what? Prayer. And I've always been impressed by those passages where we find Jesus praying. You know why? Because he has said that he and the Father are one. Jesus is God. The mystery of the Trinity. And he and the Father are one. Does he need to pray? No. But he wants to give us an example of the power of prayer in our lives. Jesus' ministry, everything he does, his ministry of hope and healing is bathed in prayer. And if the Son of God took time to pray, Shouldn't you and I take time to pray? There's a great passage out of the book of James. James chapter 4, verse, rather James chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. Is anyone among you sick? 
Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who's sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed any sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Here at First Pres, we do believe in the power of prayer. We have prayer times that happen throughout the week. As a matter of fact, I'd encourage you. I know we have a Tuesday morning prayer, a Wednesday morning prayer. I'd encourage you, if you have time on a Tuesday morning or a Wednesday morning, call Murray and say, hey, Murray, I heard about that prayer group that meets on Tuesday or Wednesday. I'm sure they would welcome you because we believe in the power of prayer as a church. As a matter of fact, if you are sick or hurting, I encourage you again to connect with Murray or Brandon, who will be serving us uh, in the capacity of... of, uh, Uh, what Paul had done and say you know what I'm sick and I need healing and they will gather together a team of prayer warriors and they will anoint your head with oil and they will pray believing that the God who left heaven can heal your body but this isn't just something that we practice oh every once in a while As a matter of fact, today, we will have the opportunity. If you are here and you're hurting or you're sick or whatever might be going on in your life, at the end of the service, we'll have Stephen ministers stationed at the very front on each side. And I know typically we go out and we like to chit-chat as we go out. I'm going to ask for one service that you exit very quietly and respectfully so that those who might need prayer can find time to be prayed for here at the very front, believing that the God of the universe will bring healing to their bodies, to their minds, to their spirits, to their hearts. We believe in prayer. Our hope lies in the fact that when we are hurt or need healing, we can, as the writer of Hebrews writes in Hebrews 4.16, With confidence, draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. Prayer is powerful. And immediately he left the synagogue and entered the house of Simon and Andrew and James with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law lay ill with a fever, and immediately they told him about her. And he came, and he took her by the hand, and he lifted her up, and the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sundown, they brought him all who were sick or oppressed by demons. And the whole city was gathered together at the door, and he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. And very early in the morning, 
while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him, and they found him and said to him, Everyone is looking for you. And he said to them, Let us go into the next towns, that I might preach there also, for that is why I came out. And he went throughout all Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Jesus, who is this man? He is the hope of healing for a hurt, bruised, broken, and sick world. He is the God of the universe who put on flesh and blood and moved into our neighborhood. He is the one who puts the power in our prayer. He is our hope. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness. And thank you that you are our hope for healing in a hurting world.